Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Now we're back again with more Tchaikovsky. That's right, part two with the second movement of the sixth symphony. So we'll get right into it. And if you haven't listened to episode 180 yet, which was our previous one, if like me you are countingly challenged, we do recommend starting there before (laughs) this episode to get that excellent historical context for the symphony. So if you have listened to that, let's move right along to the second movement here. The second movement is a bit more fast-paced than many traditional second movements of symphonies might be, or that you might be used to, rather. And this is just another way that Tchaikovsky is subverting our expectations. Also of note, there is absolutely no introduction in this movement. The cellos actually start right in with the melody, and the rest of the orchestra sparsely fills out the downbeats throughout the measures. Now our time signature for the second movement is in 5-4. There are five beats per measure. Now this can give us two different beat groupings, either 2 plus 3 or 3 plus 2. And this grouping of 3 can also trick us into thinking that this is a waltz, but in reality, the 5 beats per measure is more of a folk-style type of dance. And then the melody is repeated with a different group of instruments to create contrast. In this case, it's the woodwind section that's taking over for the cellos. Then, after a repeat of the whole cello and woodwind melody again, we get to a second complementary melody in the strings. We might have called this a B section, but actually in the grand scheme of the whole movement, this is not actually a new section, it's just a second theme. This theme overall still matches the first melody we heard, with two quarter notes on beats one and two, an eighth note triplet on beat three, back to quarters then on beats four and five, with the next measure having a dotted eighth, sixteenth rhythm. The difference is really just where the notes go up or down or turn around. And again, the woodwinds follow for a repeat of this second phrase, but it's not an exact repeat. Instead of the 8th note triplet on beat 3, they just go for straight quarter notes on all 5 beats, which makes us sound more laid back and smooth. Throughout all these repetitions, the backgrounds get more involved. Though we start the piece with overall just downbeats in the background, we now have the strings behind the woodwinds playing large octave leaps in eighth notes, really making full use of their range.
And to further intensify, for the next phrase, when the first melody returns, the strings just have pizzicato eighth note scales running up and down. Listen closely here as well to the horns. They come in with what sounds like just downbeats for the first measure of the phrase. However, they actually really emphasize the melodic movement in the second measure of the phrase. So it's kind of like they're playing the melody along with the woodwinds, they just didn't commit to playing all the notes. Now, just when we thought this movement was going to be strings and woodwinds passing the same phrases back and forth, the strings actually take us on a journey to a new key. We had been in the key of D major, which of course has an F sharp. In this measure though, just before the key change, we hear the F sharp on the downbeat, but then on beat five, the pickup to the next measure, the strings move chromatically from E to F natural instead, thus changing the key to C major. reinforce this with a C major scale in the background. Now to note, this is not a normal modulation, it's just a stepwise modulation to an unrelated key that happens to work in this context. How lucky Tchaikovsky was. Lucky or skilled? <laughs> I was gonna say he really hit gold here with it, but maybe it was on purpose. <laughs> Also in this section, the melody is still present, but almost as a ghost of its previously fleshed out self. The strings have longer held notes that change on certain beats where the harmony in the melody would have been changing already, and then the brass have more scalar patterns and quarter notes, and this is all reminiscent of the melody as well, but doesn't follow exactly the same melodic structure. does have a cute little ending, very concise. The strings do finally come back with the melodic material, and it ends with a nice downward eighth note scale. Then the flutes come in to finish it off with a nice satisfying seven to tonic movement. And this really sounds like it could be the end of the movement. But it's not. The next section that we hear is now the B section of this movement, which is denoted by clearly different melodic material. The strings have longer notes, dotted quarters and halves. There are also crescendos and decrescendos marked in each measure, and much like in the first movement, give us a feeling of longing. Listen to this one chord here in the melody. It's a bit different than we might have expected to sound. And that's because in this one instance, Tchaikovsky has the cellos play A sharp instead of A natural within the context of our current key of B minor. This raising of the seventh in a minor key makes it what is known as a melodic minor scale. In some instances, this type of melodic minor actually gives it a bit more exotic or magical sort of sound. Here, it just kind of subverts our expectations a bit. Now, in the B section, there is also a B section of the B section. 
This time, <laughs> instead of overall downward motion, the strings start out with upward motion, really pulling on our emotions. Then something begins to build. The strings start with pianissimo, then pass the melody to the woodwinds who play at piano, then back to the strings for mezzo piano that resolves all within one measure to forte. And after one more repetition of the B section themes, we get something a little different again. Now the strings still play within the B section idioms, but the woodwinds come back with the A section melody. And we also get a little quick circle of fifth modulations of that A section melody. Perhaps a little development? Also throughout this section, it of course had been very minor and very dissonant sounding, and that's until we again get just one note in a chord that changes everything. Here, the brass finally have a nice D major chord for us, which signals the official return of the A section. And it is basically a full repeat of a really good majority of that A section. It repeats all the way back to that cute ending cadence with the flutes, but instead of going into the B section again, we get what could be considered kind of a coda section. Now, it's not quite new material, but it's laid out a bit differently. Now we have the low strings playing upward scales reminiscent of that melody. The woodwinds, on the other hand, are playing a much slower downward scale in half notes. Eventually, both sections, though, cadence together at the end of the phrase. As is the style of this movement, the phrase is repeated, but with different instruments. This time, the higher strings play that upward scale, and the trumpets get to play the longer downward scale. And now for one of Tchaikovsky's favorite things, repeating some tension and release harmonies a few times in a row. And this is similar to some sections that he had in the first movement that we discussed in our last episode, and it really gives the feeling of slowly drifting towards sleep, breathing slowly in and out. And then we have one of the best examples of the melody being passed throughout sections. The woodwinds are all involved here. We start with the flute, then the oboe, then the clarinet, then the bassoon, and back to the flute again, and so on, and each is actually labeled as a solo in the parts.
What's interesting as well about this passing around though is that each instrument's timbre is getting lower, but the notes that they are playing are actually getting higher. So it's kind of a strange effect that almost gives the sense of not moving at all. Now it all ends really nicely though with the clarinets playing very low, blending nicely into the strings who have one last hurrah with the melody. Now the whole movement ends kind of cutely. The strings have a single pizzicato D major chord, followed by the clarinet, bassoon, and horns holding a lovely low timbred D major chord as well. So that's all for this week. As you can tell, this was just movement two in our second part here. So this is going to turn out to be a four part series, not just a three part series, but hopefully that is okay. Hopefully you are enjoying Tchaikovsky as much as we are and taking kind of a deeper dive into this whole symphony instead of just one movement. Yeah, it's been really nice being able to take a, a series of four you know, four episodes to really dive deeply into one composer and one piece, especially someone who we realized recently that we probably haven't done enough justice to over the course of 179 episodes up to this point. We, so, we have talked about Tchaikovsky a lot. We've talked about him, but we haven't dove this deeply, which I think is great. I think it's nice. It's nice. That to is have true. That. And also, I think Bach is definitely our top runner for number of episodes that we've included him in. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, we really well, love you... Bach here. <laughs> and if you want to hear more Bach and more Tchaikovsky and everything and everyone in between, do share us with uh, friends, family, leave reviews on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is that fine podcasts are sold. And for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 6 was performed by the University of Chicago Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert. You can find the Coffeehouse on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.